1: Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, the Bears welcomed the Texans with open arms, took a 23 to 20 last-second field goal victory off of those Texans, and now they're 2 and 1. So, what could be better than victory Monday? Uh,
0: it would be better if uh, you know the the young Justin Fields was was showing out and showing that he's the man, but mm. hey, you know this this is how it goes this is the uh the, the our favorite team is two and one that's a good thing you know no matter how no matter how you slice it it's better to watch a winning football team than a losing football team so the development will come as the season progresses
1: yeah it's it's interesting the conversation that's happened around this game normally you know as as a football fan your team wins you feel pretty good even if it's ugly you're like yeah, but it's ugly. I think that we have framed this season so much around the idea that this is all about justin fields how he looks what what kind of answers are we going to get from from that and i think there's frustration that you're not necessarily getting the answers you want that's for sure and maybe you're not getting enough information to make a, a proper diagnosis a proper analysis and i think that's probably showing through in a lot of the frustration it is a new offense it is new pieces around there there's a lot going on. You know, we, you know, we probably don't know even a portion of the entire story, right? Like we, we know just a little slice of it. And, but what we see is pretty frustrating and it's been, it's been uh three games of futility for, for one part of this football team. And that's frustrating.
0: You know, it is what it is. I mean, there's really nothing we can do. Just, we, we just can, you know, cheer for our team on and, you know, and, uh, i mean right now it's, it's all hope i mean we're hoping that the the young guys show out we're hoping that justin fields is the man i mean if if justin fields goes through this entire season and, and he doesn't show that he's he's the guy i mean you know now there's like a whole other year of a reset coming because now they got to find the guy and i don't think anybody wants that i think i think we all believe that he has the tools to, to be there but you know i'm sure we'll get into more on the field report but there's some uh, there's some bad tape out there for through through three weeks,
1: yeah. If you're a hater, you've you've got some tape. <laughs> we'll put it that way. All right. Well, let's get into the categories. We start off every episode with the trench tribute, and this year that is sponsored by our partners and our friends at Portillo's. We've been given out hundred dollar gift cards every week. Uh, though, did we get the
0: last one out yet? The last winner was Ryan Brandes. Uh He he, uh, he commented on our YouTube channel. Um, and and, uh, like we're talking about, you can, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're, uh, if you're watching us on Facebook, on Twitter, there's the gift card. You know, if you're, if you're listening to the podcast, send us an email with your trench tribute to second city, at gmail.com. If you're watching us, wherever you're watching us, comment in the comment section, who your uh, trench tribute is for the week. And Ryan Brandy's, if you're out there, you won last week, my friend. So, uh you know respond to that to that comment i left you on your youtube let us know how to contact you and we'll get that sent out to you
1: so i was smart and i cuz the the person who won week 1 took a while to get back to you no the person who won the second preseason game took a yeah. while to get back to you and you gave me the address and i sent it out like right away and then you sent me the week 1 winner right after that and i did not get that out right away and then i thought did i send that out no i didn't send that did i did I not? And I, I ended up sending them out, and I thought I might, I might have given that guy too, but I went through and I counted them all, and then I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna let this happen again. I'm gonna label them oh, with okay. the game. So this is this is. Ryan's gift card that I'm holding in front of the YouTube uh, okay. uh, fans here. So if you don't claim this, you know we're gonna have to throw it in some sort of general pot fund
0: or something. But you know, I let, have an idea know. what to do with that one. If it doesn't, yeah, we've got some ideas. Beef, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, well, Lester, it is your turn to go first this week. So who do you want to honor with your trench tribute?
0: I'll be honest; it's a hard week this week. The Bears' the running game was outstanding. The defense was pretty good, but when I went back and watched the tape. No one really stood out to me like yep. above and beyond. So you know, I, I kind of watched it again, and I'm like, man, you know, left guard Cody Whitehair. Ah, that's your guy too. I'm like, you know, he, he's just, you know, I'm not thinking about him through through a few games here. He's he's getting his job done. He's uh, you know, he's he's solid. You know, I mean, I'm not sure what his grade was. I didn't have time to grade the film. Like I said, I was kind of. Uh, when I when I do a grade, I usually have a guy in mind I want to grade him. I think he's the guy. I I don't know who to grade this week. I wasn't sure which was who was to be my trans tribute. Um, but yeah, I think Cody White did a good job this week, and I think uh you know I I think that's your guy as well.
1: Yeah, I I actually had the exact same thought. Was okay, who do I want to give this to this week? I went through or watched the game. And nobody was standing out to me. There wasn't any sort of like splash plays or anything like that. I tried to focus in on, you know, the offensive linemen, try to give them the benefit of the doubt, the right guard splitting reps, you know, the center is what the center is, you know, the tackles, um, you know, I think Braxton played pretty well. uh, But I, you know, he, he didn't necessarily stand out to me. And I just kept coming back to like, well, Cody made his block. Well, Cody looked good there. Cody made his block. And then when I was diagnosing the running game last week, which I know this isn't last week, but I was doing that for Bears over beers um, and just how good he he looked on those run plays as well. So I think this is half belated um, celebration of Cody Whitehair. And again, he earned it this week as well. Uh, Cody Whitehair getting the double trench tribute from us. And this really kind of raises... The question again of what was wrong with Cody Whitehair last year? Was it an injury that was undisclosed that we never found out anything about? Was this maybe his head not in it? Uh, was it, uh, you know, really struggling with the center and and, and just not getting off of his block in time and not feeling comfortable with with working with Mustafer last year. I I really don't know. I mean, I tried out a lot of those series. Some of them work some of the time, right? I, I think the injury the injury idea works all the time, but it, it never there was no injury report on him. So yeah. I don't know what was happening with Cody Whitehair last year, but it looks like he's back to playing good football.
0: We have heard some stuff in the past about Whitehair, how he he overthinks things. You know, we've heard that early in his career. Sometimes he kind of gets in his own head. You know, maybe that was going on. I mean, it's 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 tough to tell. You know, like I said, it's all speculation. But you know, from last year to this year, like you said, he he is much better. Do you want to talk a little bit about the right guard situation here? Do you want to touch on that later in the show?
1: No, do it. Uh,
0: I mean, so Coach Eberflus, uh comes out today. I mean, there, there's some chat going on in in the comment section. That's why I wanted to make sure we talk about it here. Is Coach Flew said that Lucas Patrick had a nice week of practice. That's why he was a starter this week at right guard. And Tevin Jenkins came off the bench. And the way they worked the rotations, it seems like it just seemed this week where Jenkins had more reps, 60 some percent, you know, the reps this week. Again, that's the way the drives go. You know, you're not going to change alignment in the middle of a drive. You wait till the, the, the next drive, and then he gets his turn. I, I don't know, man. I, I just think Tevin Jenkins has been a better football player than Lucas Patrick at right guard this whole season. I understand you want to reward them for doing something in practice, but I don't know, man. I, you're already having the rotation, which is already weird as it is. If he's not able to snap, and you want to do the rotation one more week, it's fine. I don't know. What are your thoughts about Jenkins? Uh, you know, coming off the bench. I mean, he, I when I watched him, he was fine. I think he was, he had a better game this week than Patrick too. So,
1: I really want Patrick back at center. <laughs> Yes, like let's let's, let's get, stop let's, this charade. Right? Let's get it going. Right. Let's like let's move into the line that you want to have out there and and, and start to let that solidify. I want to see what I'm, I'm waiting to grade Jenkins on a full game. Right. Yes. I want to see what that looks like. So, yeah, I I understand that you're trying to figure out and navigate through a situation that no one wanted. No one wanted Patrick to break his thumb. But here we are. Uh, I just think that you're at the point where mm, you know, I think you need to let Tevin Jenkins have a full have have the full runway, and and Lucas Patrick needs to get snapping, and hopefully that gets figured out with this. You know, one more week of rest uh, uh, on the thumb is is all you need. Yeah,
0: you know, I will say Mustfer has been uh, better than I thought at center. Yeah, you know, this is not a, an indictment on Mustfer. I want to get him out of there, but I do still think that Patrick probably is a better center, better overall offensive lineman. Um but mustafer has has surprised me this season,
1: yeah, I mean, if you're putting your top five out there it's it's with Patrick at center, and Mustafer is your top interior backup yeah. or your top center backup whatever um and that's it's it's not a not a knock, you know there's some other guys that are probably better suited that are getting reps that are starting, that are you know backup guys that are guys that you you want for depth on the team, but you don't want them playing all of the reps or two thirds of the reps, right? So that's really what it comes down to. Um, it's not saying he's a bad player or anything like that. It's just a matter of let's, let's get the best five out there. Sure. So hopefully this week we'll, we'll bring about that change. Cause that would be, I would like to see what the starting five looks like. We'll Put it that way. Exactly. Let's move on to tweet of the week. Uh, I will let you go first on that as well.
0: Okay. Uh, so, so I tweeted out, you know, during the game, you know, someday I'll be able to watch my favorite team execute consistently good offense because you know we all know how the offense looked in the game and then richard mcconnell at uh ri chicago one tweeted back and he gets you need to find a way to get just and comfortable uh sure a good ground game is great but some quick easy completions will be great starting point you'd think which is what you see a lot of offensive coordinators do with with young quarterbacks is they they scheme them up some looks early i, I know a, a lot of uh you know these coordinators they, they'll, they'll script their first 15 20 some odd plays and you would imagine there's some easy stuff in there for him whether it be screens you know uh bubble screens traditional screens to the tailback tight end screens which we saw in preseason, just something to get the ball coming out of his hand in rhythm um we haven't seen it you know and you know maybe that's part of it but at the, at the end of the day though it's like the run game is so good so you have to understand why Getty decides to run a little bit more. So it's one of those things where, yeah, you'd like more balance, but they're two and one.
1: Yeah. And the interesting thing about some of this, I mean, there's a lot of good statistical work out there that shows that play action works, even if your ground game isn't. Yep. And that was my argument with the Matt Nagy era was it doesn't matter if you can't run the ball, which there were times under Nagy that you couldn't. And just just run play action because it's it's the it's the play action fake of it all that the linebackers will bite on. It's not necessarily the the fact that oh they're running the ball really well, so this is, makes me step up. And what's what's interesting about a lot of the stuff that the Bears want to do, at least what they telegraphed that they wanted to do, was a lot of boots. Um, you know, a lot of play action game that that you know brought 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 Justin Fields out and around uh, on a bootleg, and the the defensive ends are all staying home. They're all incredibly, dis- and so that has to be a talking point in leading up to the practice is like, hey, we're playing the Bears this week. Justin Fields wants to run a lot of play action. He's going to boot out. You un- under no circumstances are to follow that running back. You are going to um, play, you know, set the edge and you're going to, you're going to wait for just, you're going to assume that Justin Fields is running a bootleg here. Because all of these defensive ends have been incredibly disciplined. And that just doesn't happen. When you watch a, you know, pick a random football game, you're not seeing that, right? You're seeing the end crash down. You're seeing undisciplined play. And you look at how well the Bears are running the football, particularly in the last two games. I mean, you know, Montgomery had a giant game in week two, Herbert had a giant game in week three, you know, in in Montgomery's place after he got injured. You would think, just by basic football theory that, well, that would open up all of this play action. It would open up all those bootlegs because they're running the ball so well and they're desperate to stop the run. They are not. They are not desperate. They they are saying, sure, we'll give you that. We're not going to give you that bootleg.
0: Smart. I mean, you know, at some point the Bears have to counter. You know what are they going to do to counter that? Speaking of, are they going to are going to come with a counter? Are they going to do like a a pull to the backside with the garden and kick out that, that end guy that's staying home? You know you got to find a way to to, to take advantage of that and there's things to do it schematically and I think this this coaching staff will get there at some point and you know, but right now they're they're uh they're not setting the tone you know which what you want to see a good offense do the good offense will dictate the game. You know, and then the defense has to react off them. Right now, it seems like the Bears are a little bit more of, you know, well, you know, they're letting us do this. So let's go ahead and do this. You know, at some point, the offense will get there, but they're not there yet.
1: Yeah, you could do a little short side pull with uh, the guard and, and, uh, you know, kick out that end. You know, there's there's some blocking schemes that you can do here. Um, we can get real nerdy about offensive line stuff at some point. <laughs> uh, my tweet of the week, uh, I wanted to highlight our our mutual friend, uh, Luis Medina, who runs the uh, Bleacher Nation Bears. I'm sure people are familiar with, with him and, and with his work, uh, but he reported out that CBS NFL insider Jonathan Jones thinks – The Bears could be busy at the trade deadline, quote, expect the Bears to be active in the receiver market in a few weeks before the trade deadline. So the initial thought was this is a Kenny Galladay tweet um, because the Giants are not apparently happy with Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is a very expensive player who has not done much with With that, but I I was curious to hear your thoughts on the Bears being active at the trade deadline to try to get a wide receiver. Is that just uh, I can throw this out there, and Chicago fans will eat it up, or do you think there's anything real
0: to this? I think a little bit of both. You know, I think Bears fans all see what's going on here. I mean, Byron Pringle went out with an injury, a report where he was in a in a uh, air cast after the game. Uh, they didn't update it. We'll have more updates and injuries on Wednesday. So, I mean, if Pringle's gone, that's one of your starters. They're still missing Harry. Uh, Darnell Mooney hasn't really, you know, taken a step that we all expect him to take. Uh, Pettis, he's just a guy. I mean, it's it's pretty much Darnell Mooney who hasn't done a lot and had a bunch of guys. So, uh, I think if there's a, a trade to be made out there that's not going to, you know, cost too much of, of a pick, you know, similar to the trade with Harry, I think the Bears have to explore it. You know, you need another weapon or two out there and you know, yeah, they're more of a run first team, which is it's fine, but you still gotta have some weapons.
1: Yeah, I'm looking for Smith Marset to get a little bit more play here. Uh You know, he I saw him on the field a little bit on Sunday, and hopefully, he can develop into something more. Get him some targets. I mean, you know, 45 pass attempts through three games is not really cutting it for anybody. So, uh, I'm just I'm just curious. It, it's it's a weird. You expect the trade deadline to bring about contenders trying to add a add a piece to put them over the top or to you know to to try to salvage something because they had a an injury. So let's say let's say the Chargers, you know, the Chargers are one and two. So you know, whatever. Uh, But they just lost their left tackle for the year. You know, you could see the Chargers saying like, hey man, we have deep aspirations. We need another lineman in here. We we don't have a a guy here. Let's go out and try to find a left tackle. That's what I kind of see the trade deadline for. You know, the Von Miller move last year, right? I, I don't necessarily see it as this team that has won a couple of games, but you know, is not really trying to go, you know, went on a playoff run this year. Go out and spend some draft capital to try to find a wide receiver. Like it's that's a little new, but if polls can find value somewhere, cool. Like let's let's see what happens.
0: Yeah, I agree totally. It's a uh, it's one of those things where I think the Bears are going to be more if they are active. They'll be active as sellers. Maybe Robert Quinn. Maybe Riley Reef If a team is desperate for a veteran swing tackle, you know, maybe something like that could happen. But you know, at, at this point, again, it's got to be the right deal. And if the right deal comes around, I think Ryan Poles is always looking. I mean, he's a, a young gem trying to make his marks. I think it's something there. He'll he'll make a move.
1: All right. Well, let's let's get into the stats. Um, I have some fun stuff. So why don't you uh, why don't you start us off?
0: My number this week is a point three three three. And uh, and and basically, that win against the Texans was just the second in Bears history against the Texans. So their record against them is now two and four, and that winning percentage of you know thirty three percent. That means that the Texans are no longer the most successful franchise against the Bears. Uh, so you you, do you know who the most successful franchise is now that uh, against the Bears here?
1: No, 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 Canton Bulldogs.
0: Uh, well, I'm a current team. It's actually the Detroit uh, Wolverines. I think is the the best. But of the current franchise, you know who the the the, the best team against the Bears is?
1: I, I really don't. I, I'm. I'll throw a guess out there. I'm just going to assume it's another AFC team. Um, and uh, I will. I will say the the Patriots.
0: New England Patriots. Uh, the Bears are only three and ten against them in the regular season, which is a two thirty one winning percentage against. But that's regular season. We all know what's what happened in the postseason, my friends.
1: One and one and in the one post and zero,
0: baby. Yeah. So
1: and and Bears fans have been living off of that for the last thirty seven years. That's all we've had. That's pretty much all they got. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's that's fun. Um, it, I remember that being a big deal two years ago. They were the only team in the league that the Bears hadn't beat. Yet, so yep. they finally got that out of the way. Now that they broke the seal, now they're two and zero in the last two. So you know, no big deal. Now they're now they're nothing. All right, my stat is ninety two and ninety nine. So in nineteen thirty six, which is the same year as the Chicago Bears throwback uniforms that they wore yesterday, the team averaged ninety two yard pass ninety two yards passing per game through 3 games in the year 2022, the Chicago Bears are averaging 99 yards passing per game. Now, I'm using the raw numbers. I'm not taking away the sack numbers, which you'll you'll see lower numbers out there because they're taking away the 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 amount of yards lost for for sacks. I could have made that a more dramatic number had I wanted to because it's like 78 and a half um and you know it would be lower, but they I, they're not taking that away from the 1936 games. And so that's not really fair. I think it's just, you know, the sacks didn't exist until 1982. So I'm not, I'm not messing with that. I'm just, I'm just using the 92 99 to try to do apples to apples here and take it with a grain of salt. Let's assume that those are correct statistics. They're probably not the greatest statistics from back then, but that's what we're rolling with. 92 yards a game in 1936 and 99 yards a game in 2022 <laughs> right now so
0: depressing
1: it's really yeah. really bad it is a really bad stat but it's uh I, I, I kind of knew that we were gonna you know this was gonna be just kind of like a why are you laying it on thick here so I I did go down and I calculated that uh Khalil Herbert has nine explosive runs on only 33 carries, okay. whereas David, Mon- which explosive carry is any run that's 10 yards or more. Montgomery has six explosive runs on 45 carries. So that's 27% of his carries for Khalil Herbert and only 13% for Monty. So, so Herbert, again, these are all small numbers, small sample size, but Herbert's actually, um, he's, he's gaining an explosive run on twice as many snaps on a, on a per snap basis than Montgomery is. So I thought that that was an interesting stat.
0: Did you see the, I think it was, uh, might've been next-gen stats. I always forget. It's one of those analytics sites uh, they put out today that, you know, like 130 some odd yards from Herbert came after contact. Just, you know, just, just running through people. You know, he's hitting the hole so quick, you know, he has good vision. You know, that's, that's what you want to see in this scheme. uh, You know, is you want to see a quick hitter. And, uh, you know, that's partly is one of the reasons why I couldn't find an offensive lineman. that really, really stood out is because they were just doing their job. And then Herbert would hit the crease and he would hit it hard and he would go. Yeah, exactly. It was nice to see that, you know, and, and, you know, week one, of course, Montgomery was everyone. Oh, Montgomery is bad. Week two, Montgomery, outstanding. You know, it's just, they have different styles and I think both can work in this, in this scheme and. You know, I mean, again, Montgomery has the injury. They haven't talked about what it is. Uh, Coach Flew said it was a uh, day-to-day thing, but, you know, who knows? Day-to-day could be a couple weeks as far as, you know, who knows how this regime is going to treat that. And the last regime was everything with day-to-day, and, you know, it never worked out that way.
1: I think they can play together really well, right? I mean, I think that you you can see a universe where they're both playing and they're playing well together, and they have different styles that allow – you know it kind of increase that you know the the sum of the parts greater than the whole whatever that you mm-hmm. know the, the, them together makes a lot of sense because they're complementary so i'd be really I, i'm hopeful monty comes back and he's healthy and you can get into you can settle into a good rotation i do think that that carry split needs to um be a little bit more equal though yeah. because if you've got a guy who is an explosive run waiting to happen you got to make sure you get him ball more often um, and he, he showed you in this game that he's able to do that. I mean, six explosive runs is is a heck of a game. And you, you need to make sure that you're you're out there. And a 50, that 52-yarder was a lot of fun. We I want to see more of those.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do you have the numbers from last year's explosive plays? I know under the Nagy regime, there just wasn't very many, especially in the run game. There's maybe a couple. But, I mean, I, I got to imagine they're already approaching last year's numbers as far as so the, I, the run game.
1: So I did try to find that. but. So I, the way I learned explosive plays is 10 yards for an explosive run. And there's other stats sites that will say it's 15. So That's very different in terms of stats because there's a Mm -hmm. lot of 10 to 14 yard runs that I would say is an explosive run that someone else won't. So there's, there's some sites out there that had some information, but they use 15 yards. And I just, I, again, that's just not how I learned it. And so to me, it's always 10. And so um, I like 10. I like, yeah, I, I like 10 too because yeah. if, if you're running 10 yards, I mean, you're first down 10 yards, yeah. I mean, that that's an explosive run. So, uh that that's why I don't have that information because other sites that do have it and it's hard to find. It, there's not a lot of consistency out there. They always kind of worry about exactly what the information that you're getting is because well, we have 2 years of data and it's like okay, like why why is this not recorded regularly, right? Uh but but that's that's where I'm at with that. Um, but you know, the explosive runs were not not nearly as frequent as we've seen them for the through the first three games and the first game you know again it was in a monsoon there was only three explosive runs in the game only that's not bad but like you know relative to the last two games where herbert had six uh in this game monty had six the the game before you know that that's really impressive and herbert had one last game too so that's a there's a lot i mean Equinimia St. Brown had an explosive run, you know, uh, coming around the edge, a uh, 41-yarder and then Fields had an explosive run as well. So, I mean there's there's a lot going in this run game. So, let's let's move to Fields. It looks like your dog got sick of this uh this conversation, so we'll move to Justin Fields and and do the Fields report here. <laughs> Another rough game. Uh, you know, it's it's been the talk of the town. 8 for 17. 106 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Through three games, he is only at 297 yards. We'd like to see 297 yards in one game, heard not it, yeah. over three. And it's it's tough to you know square what we saw in camp, what we were reading and hearing, and and all this stuff with what we see on the field through the first three weeks. So. You know, where are you attributing this slow, very slow, sluggish start to? Is this on Justin Fields? Is this on lack of weapons? I don't think the argument of the lack of protection is is quite there. But you know, is it an offensive line thing? Is it a Luke Getzey play caller thing? Is it a Luke Getzy, uh Getsey offensive philosophy thing? Like, where where are you putting this slow start at?
0: I think it's got to be a little bit of everything. I mean, it's just a, a perfect storm of suck right now. Is really, uh, you know, it's, it's just there all over the place. And you know, it's it's three games into the new scheme. It's different than what he was used to. You know, the last year under Nagy, we talked weapons. You know, you know, it's Mooney and and some guys. And even Mooney hasn't, you know, really, you know, he's he hasn't looked the best. Cole Komet hasn't looked the best. You know, the run game has been there, and the pass pro. I don't want to fault them too much. I know there's the the pass block win rate is out there, but that's really kind of a a weird stat. That's that's more just like the distance, the the time, and the distance between offense and defense. They have these chips in their shoulder pads that kind of you know uh, measures you know where they are in relation to each other. So it's how quickly the guy can hold his block. It's I, I like it. It's just it's a tool though. It's it's a it's a tool number. It's not a, a be-all, end all kind of like the grades are. So. A little bit of everything. I just think that, you know, this guy has so much potential. So I just think at some point we're going to see it come through. And, you know, but but he looked bad. I mean, those are some bad interceptions. You know, really bad decisions, bad reads. Just uh, he's he's got to tighten it up here. And it's it's a it's a scheme thing. But the coaching staff they don't care about development as far as what they're looking for in the future. They're trying to win games. So winning games is going to mean calling thirty some run plays. They're going to call thirty some run plays.
1: Yeah, you get into the heat of the game, right? The heat of battle, whatever you want to say, and you've got option A, which is not working well, and you've got option B, which is working incredibly well. Which button are you going to keep hitting? Yeah. You know, you're going to keep hitting B. So you can't really fault uh, someone who's trying to win a football game by saying like, "Well, let's keep running the ball. Let's let's you know make them stack the box." And then maybe that'll open up something over the top. And they never really did. They never adjusted to that. They, they, you know, continue to play what they play. And if you're having success with it, we'll keep doing it. And, and, and then you get to the end of the game and you look back and you're like, Oh man, he only had 17 passes. Oh geez. That's, Okay, well, that's, but that's not how you're managing a game. You're not saying, "Hey, man, we've only Justin only has this many passes, and we're we're already in the third quarter." Next next series, make sure that you call three passing plays because you know we need to make sure we get those numbers up. So there is some of that. I I think that it's there's so many struggling quarterbacks across the league right now, right? I mean, let's 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 lay that out there. It's not just second year Justin Fields who's in a new scheme. It's you know future Hall of Famer uh, Russell Wilson. You know, can't get his Denver offense going and he has Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy to throw to. Right. Uh, You know, maybe Russ is cooked, but, you know, who knows? Right. There's there's a lot going on in Denver that doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo has been to, you know, deep playoff runs. He comes in. He's rusty. You know, he knows that offense. He looked terrible last night. Right. As he should, because he was, I don't know, hanging out. You know, they wasn't thinking he was going to play. You know, the other second-year quarterbacks that, you know, besides Lawrence are all hurt, um, you know, or Davis Mills, right? <laughs> like, I mean, there's there's not a lot. It's hard to play quarterback in the National Football League. Yeah. And, and so I want to continue to just be, well, you don't have to make this decision now, you know. And and Robert, again, when we were talking on Robert's show yesterday, uh, Robert was, was bringing it up and, you know, it's time to panic. Where are you at with this? I'm just like, look. If anything, let's just give it, this is like a tornado watch situation. That was a
0: great analogy. I love
1: that. Yeah. You you have some of the, you know, some of the conditions are right for a tornado, right? That, so we're just putting a watch on it. That's all this is. It's not a warning. You don't have to seek shelter. You don't have to get into the fetal position. Bears fans, do you all know about, you know, watching your quarterback? That's not where we're at now. We have plenty of rope here you know, this is the second year of a first round quarterback that, you know, you've committed to for four or five years. That's, this is what happens in this cycle, right? So you've committed to this guy. You'd love to know the answer by the end of the year. Let's hope that we have enough data to make that answer by the end of the year. But, you know, there's so much more season left. We're still in September. I'm still in short sleeves. Like (sighs) it's not cold yet. Like let's, it's, it's okay to me. Don't hit the panic button. It, they are, crazy low stats they are worrisome in a lot of respects but it's three games
0: yeah i mean as long as he stays healthy i mean there's you know 14 more games to go a lot of football left to be played you know this the, you know they have some winnable games coming up on the schedule i mean did you see the list of quarterbacks they have coming up here with justin fields i mean yeah Fields does not look good as a quarterback at all but there's some bad quarterbacks coming up here so winnable games you know it could be a similar uh Game plans coming up, but I was talking to Buddy, you know, after the game, and you know, Ryan Poles put this team together, knowing what what he had to. He had to, you know, piece together. He has a lot of dead money cap. He knows that next year is working. He can really make a big make a big splash. So fans are all thinking, oh, they're going to tank. There's no such thing as tanking, you know. It's football coaches, it's football coaches, baseball. yeah, they don't tank, you know. No. Coach Fluss, you know, Alan Williams, Luke Getzey, they're calling plays. They want to win the game in front of them. They don't give a crap about next season. They're trying to win now. So we're going to see this same stuff, and it's on fields to prove and to show that he's worthy of more of these shot plays that he can do.
1: You remember that Macklemore song,
0: the popping tags? The... Yeah, look at you in the, in the pop culture now. Look at this.
1: Well, you, you're the one that knows I... lyrics and knows songs. Yeah. But I heard it the other day. And you know it's about like going thrift shopping, right? I mean that that that's the that's the whole concept. I'm gonna pop some tags, right? Yeah. And it's like he's got a hundred dollars and he's trying to buy all this new these you know old clothes or whatever. That was that was pulls his off season, <laughs> like he's popping tags, man. Like he's he doesn't have much to go on. He did what he could. You can argue he should have prioritized something different, but you know I'm not gonna outbid the Jaguars for for Christian Kirk. I mean I know Christian Kirk is playing incredibly well, but like I'm not gonna outbid. Uh, the Jags for, for Christian Kirk. I'm not, they, they would've, he would have, he would have got killed for that, you know? So it is what it is. You know, we, we knew that that going in, this was a, a reset year in a lot of ways. And on a reset year, your team has given you two wins in September. So, eh, you. you know, like let's, let's not, you know, let's not freak out too much. So, all right, let's say, so let's take a quick break uh, on the other side of this. We'll talk about the three bears. All right, let's start a little bit. We are back. Let it, us talk about hot bowl of porridge, cold bowl of porridge and the just right. So, couple of options here for hot bowl of porridge. We have to make sure that some of these guys get fed. Who you
0: got? I got three names listed, you know, because I wanted to, okay, so uh <laughs> we already talked about Khalil Herbert, you know. Yep, you you okay. got to mention Khalil Herbert off the top. Um I, I knew we'd get to him at some point, but you know, just a phenomenal game you talked about the explosive runs um so he does he's deserving of, of a mention here at hot so why don't you why don't you go with with your next guy
1: all right so a herbert just to put the numbers to it 20 carries on 157 yards two touchdowns six of those carries were explosive runs explosive runs of 52 19 11 11 11 and 10 he was just ripping off first down after first down in this game. Um, really impressed by his effort. Just looks like he shot out of a cannon. Curious to see what he can bring in the passing game as well. If he gets a longer run here, but uh, very impressed with Khloe Herbert and what he can do in this scheme. Uh, the second guy that I had written down was Eddie Jackson. I think okay. we have to, we have to give some love to Jack here. He had a forced fumble. Eddie Jackson had a forced fumble um, so real heads up there. Johnny on the spot with the interception. I w- I, I, still haven't seen the L-22. I, w- I want to see what the end zone z- view looks like because he saw something. I think yeah. he thought he could take it back, uh, but he, he had a toe on the line, so he was out for a touchback, but Johnny on the spot there, but he just, he looks so natural. He's back in his element here. I think he's, he likes his battery mate uh, in, in Jaquan Brisker, and I, I know we've talked a lot about Eddie Jackson In a good way this year. And I think that my point of bringing him up again is Eddie Jackson's a good football player. Like, let's, you know, I know that he got killed for some of the stuff that he said about tackling. I know that some of the things that he did on the field in tackling did not look very good and he had some effort issues. But I think that he looks like he's bought into this philosophy. He looks like he's playing really good football. And that is, to me, that's really good for the Bears because if they can solidify the secondary, which there's some questions but if they can solidify this secondary um with uh, some better corner play there, it's going to be the strength of their team.
0: You mentioned the buy-in and I think we kind of saw that happen in a training camp with I think it was the first day you were there he got called out pretty loudly by his coaching staff for for not, you know, doing the hits philosophy, not going all out, not going with the ball. You know, they called him out by number. Um so I think that, you know, that that, that change it takes a while. The culture of, of that takes a while to change. And you know, I, can, I think we kind of saw the entire as training cramp training camp progress, those defensive defensive players, you know, they really bought in and Eddie Jackson buying in, he, he's an all pro talent, a pro bowl talent. And, you know, he has a couple picks now. He has the forced fumble. You know, his He's playing more physical. He's being used a little more in center field. I think he's you being used in different ways. I think I, we saw him again this week where they did a single high stuff with Brisker and Jackson was the uh, was was the the robber safety again. So it's like I think he's having fun playing football. I think he likes the scheme and yeah, I think that's, a, that's that's a good pick for for the hot this week. You got another name. Keep going. Hey, let's keep going. Let's go. we got to go. Roquan Smith. I mean, yep. sixteen tackles. You know the 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 interception. It was a tip ball by by Angelo Blackson, but still, that was a great read by Roquan. Even if it wasn't tip, I think he would have had a chance to get there. Um, you know, he, he he was getting questioned a lot a week ago, and, and we talked about it on the show. It's his second game in a new scheme, second game as as the weak side linebacker. It's a different different job than what he's used to in the three four in with fanjo with with those guys. So. Different responsibilities. He missed all of camp with his hold-in. He wasn't on the field with, with his teammates. He's in shape. He's healthy. He missed all week with a hip, but he came out there and went nuts. I mean, he was he was scraping across the line, and he was attacking, which what you want to see out of that position. So we, we had to mention Roquan Smith here, too.
1: That was my third name. Did you have another one? You just I, I to do have him? another name. Keep feeding them. Let's, him. Keep feeding
0: let's him. go, Cairo Santos. I mean, uh, he, he, well, okay. He, he won the game. You know, I mean, he was. He made a fifty-yarder. You know, the, the 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 game winner was a chip shot. I mean, that wasn't easy, but still, mental. Hey, it's, it's you know a couple seconds on the clock. You got to make that hit. But he hit a fifty-yarder as well. So you know, let's, let's give the, the special teamer some love too.
1: Hell, he he was my just right. So that's okay. Uh, so I agree he needs, he needs, I to just make- had
0: him here because of the 50 yarder. I mean, I think yeah, in, his, he career, nailed the 50 in yarder. his career, he's like 11 of 20 some odd and over 50 yards. So
1: yeah, kind of low line drive, uh, kick there was able to fit it in between the uprights kind of in a corner. So, uh, yeah, absolutely wanted to make sure we mentioned Santos at some point. So, uh, cold bowl of porridge on the other side of this, I have three names learning for this one too. So who do you have
0: first? I just got one. I'm going to go with, uh. Coach Matt Eberflus and his, uh, his end of the second half clock management. Okay. Uh, I was just not happy with this. It was horrendous. So, so the Texans call timeout. Okay. The bears had a third and one and, and Lovey's trying to get something going for his, his team, obviously. And it's on the 19. So you, so you, you got to see what happens here. 46 seconds left, but Herbert goes for nine yards. You know, he rips it off. Uh, the play ends there, you know, at that point, there's 40 seconds in the clock, you know, you could have took your timeout there. Now you would have had three timeouts left. I just think there was a chance to do something there because Lovey already gave you a basic a free timeout, you know, force the Texans into a prevent because that's what they're going to do at that situation. You're going to play a a two deep shell, something like that. You know, fields can work in the middle of the field. Still, you have two timeouts, you know, it's, it's, he has options. And, and like I said, Santos already made a 50 yarder. So you're only looking, you have to get about, you know, 20, 30 yards with 40 seconds, two timeouts, I just think he was coaching scared at that point. I understood it when he was backed up against his own his, his own end zone, but you know, once he got out there, once he had a couple nice runs, play to win the game. Don't coach scared. These these moments are important for a young team. Would have been good to see how they uh, they developed and they would have uh, jumped to the to the forefront and see how they're gonna how they're gonna take on that moment. Seconds left in the in the half.
1: Scared money don't make money.
0: There it is. <laughs>
1: I like that. Uh, All right. Well, I think that we have to at least mention Justin Fields. You know, it's another poor performance. You need to at least mention that, you know, this is a cold bowl candidate here. Um, I also just had cornerback play, which to me was was uh, Kyler Gordon and Kendall Vildor had rough games. Uh, And Gordon, I don't know. They kind of went back and forth. You know, Vildor kind of was rough to start. And then Gordon kind of took over the roughness. Uh, They got beat a lot, look like they're pretty confused. They, you know, they need to kind of figure that out. Putting a lot on a rookie, you know, in in terms of Gordon, you're putting a lot on him to expect him to play outside and inside. That was what was talked about a lot in the preseason and in camp. So, hey, we love this guy's versatility. We love that we can drop him down. You know, they talked him up just how smart he is and how he's going to be able to handle it. He really hasn't so far. Yeah. It, it's it's been it's been rough for him again, tons of talent. It's a corner It is to me, that is the hardest position to learn in 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 the NFL. So I, I'm not surprised that he's having issues like that, 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 none of, that's not what I'm saying But it's been a rough start. And to be fair, that's what this category is all about is recognition of not a good game. You know, we need to need to step it up. So I wanted to call that out as well.
0: Yeah, he's had a rough, uh, rough start to a season. He's had some nice moments, you know, but he's had some really bad moments. Was what you're expecting this out of a rookie? Um, you know, they asked uh, Coach Ibriflus today about it. I didn't catch who asked the question, but they asked if they thought he had too much on his plate as a rookie. You know, and he, he said they'll evaluate it. But you know, it's look at the roster. I mean, he's he he needs to be out there. He's probably the best fit there. You know, the fact that he can go inside and, and play some 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 slot stuff is, is good for his development. It's it's strange because, you know, who else would be in that spot? I mean, Vildor had not shown that he can do it. He's got to be outside. So you understand moving him in, do you just let him be solely nickel when you think he's probably better as an outside guy too? I mean, you feel he's your best guy outside, so you start him there, but he's also your best slot guy, so you, so you let him play there, so... It's a tough situation. You know, I think uh, this this defense of the secondary is maybe one more year away. Unless Gordon really – unless it clicks, which it, it might click. I mean, he's he's a young corner. Who knows?
1: Well, and Jalen Johnson was hurt this game, so that really opened yeah, that, that, that up. Yeah. Jalen Johnson was quoted last year about – or not last year, last week about how he hadn't had any targets against him yet and how he felt like when he was a rookie, he was constantly getting peppered with targets and they weren't throwing at Kyle Fuller. And so he's like, yeah, it just is what it is. When you're a rookie, they're going to go after you until you kind of, you know, get used to the play and you step up and you start making plays. And so Gordon's going to see plenty of work Mm -hmm. and and he's going to see plenty of work until he can prove that he can shut that down. Let's hope that Johnson can come back. Um, That, that secondary is a lot stronger with him shutting down a side of the field, (laughs) whatever (laughs) way you want to cook it. I mean, that's, that's, that's a better situation. I like Gordon outside, you know, polls had a plan. At nickel like he brought in Tavon young to compete with thomas graham both of those guys got hurt both of those guys don't play for the bears this year right so i mean maybe you can criticize cutting graham and putting him on the practice squad and allowing him to get uh, uh pulled pulled on to another active roster but they see him every day they know if he's a culture fit he, that's not a guy that they the, the you know Ryan Poles was, uh, or you know regime drafted. So I'm not going to criticize him for that because he may they may not just have thought he was a fit, but that was the plan coming in was they had two nickel guys and they were going to let Gordon work outside. This was their third option, and it's looking like a third option right now. But that's because he's a rookie. I'm I'm, I'm not going to be down on him. Tyler Gordon could be you know one of the best corners this team's ever seen it's a three-week start. So, again, that's what this category is for. Just right, I've already said it, Cairo Santos for me, three for three field goals, including that 50-yarder, quietly, right? Like, you you didn't even think about him when Roquan got that pick. You looked at the clock. You looked at the timeouts for the Texans. You said, okay, like, this game's over. Like, they got it. I had no worry in the world. Like, someone on Twitter was like, oh, I was still holding my breath. I was nervous. I was like, I wasn't. We got money. Yeah, he's been money this whole,
0: uh, since he's been a bear, he's been good, so.
1: So I had him there. What, who did you have?
0: So like I said, I was watching the trenches a lot. You know, when I went back and rewatched the game, I watched it a couple of times. And no one really stood out like, you know. So that's why I went with Whitehair, is steady, you know, Cody Whitehair. But for the just right, there was another steady guy. And this guy on the defensive side of the ball. And I think he had his best game so far as a Bear. And that's Al Muhammad. Uh, just solid. You know, nothing spectacular. But he had four tackles. He had a forced fumble. Um, he played 61 percent of the snaps on defense, which I would still like to see that number come down. I, I want to see more, more uh, Dominique Robinson, more Travis Gibson, you know. But you know, they talked about Muhammad's strength is against the run, and I he, he's solid there. I mean, the Bears' uh, run defense improved over the Packer game. You know, the the Texans wanted to run the ball, and they did a pretty good job against him. So I got to go with uh, with with Muhammad as the just right this week.
1: Yep, nice and guy that's gotten kind of a lot of flack. Because the guys behind him, you know, Bears fans are excited about. This is a free agent coming in with the, you know, head coach, right? Like this is one of the guys that can bring the system with him. They're playing favorites, right? Right. I mean, they're, they're a little lot. bit of that. And it's like, you know, all four of those guys are going to get a lot of reps. We'd maybe like to see the balance redistributed a little bit more uh, to where it's a little more even because we want to yeah. see a little bit more on 99. want to see a little bit more in 91, right? Like that's that's kind of what all the Bears fans are thinking because those guys we know are going to be part of the future. but. Good bounce back week for him because he had. that's solid. Looked all that good, know, it was like way. I said,
0: n- nothing splashy, nothing oh. spectacular. But you know, you go back and watch tape. He did his job. You know, he, he he he's the backside contain on some of those plays. You know, it's his job to force things back inside as the edge defender. Did his job. You know, it's it is what it is this week.
1: Well, let's get out of here. Anything that you want to talk about in terms of what's coming up this week on the website? Anything that you want to plug? For what we have been doing on the podcast channel or on Second City Gridiron YouTube,
0: we do. uh, You guys have watched me on the uh, Team Formation conversation. This is my uh, it's more injury injury report kind of thing during the season. I've had uh, Mason West on with me, Doctor Mason West, uh, giving a lot of insight. So, so Mason's actually going to debut his own show this uh, Thursday at five o'clock five o'clock this afternoon uh, evening, wherever you are, depending where you are. Five o'clock Central, I should say. It's him, Danny Meehan, who you guys who listen to the pod channel. You see him a lot. He's a co-host of the draft cast with Jacob Infante. He's done some other guest spots for us, but Mason's going to have a show. It's going to be focused on um, bears injuries. Yes. But also around the NFL. So you guys are like play fantasy football, um, gamble from time to time, you know, make sure you guys check that out because they're going to talk about some uh, league wide injuries on that show as well on uh, Thursday at five o'clock central.
1: Good stuff. Got a lot of other good shows that are coming at you every week as well. Bill Zimmerman's always got a good guest. Taylor's killing it on uh, making monsters. Really fun series. that She's developing there. EJ and I are getting into the swing of things. We'll tighten it up a little bit. I went way overboard on my analysis of Dave Montgomery. I just got excited. You're excited. Yeah. I'm Excited. Yeah. Um, I, I think that I'm not, I can probably share this that, one of us is going to break down the other running back. And um let's just say that I, I got a text that said I wasn't allowed to, wow. uh, to break down running backs this week. So it, for those of you that want to hear EJ break down cool Herbert, that'll be, that'll be coming up in bears over beer. It might actually be tomorrow night, not Wednesday night because I have, uh, I have a conference I have to go to. So just uh, stay tuned there. Um, we We may have to run this tomorrow night and we may be, conflicting with with robert's all 22 breakdown but it'll be recorded for those of you that um want to want to do the l22 and, and go over uh and listen to us later and then of course you know it'll be released as a podcast so i um, looking forward to that a lot of a lot of cool stuff you know we're 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 now we're on the treadmill man like every week you know it's just we just keep running you know maybe take take a swig of water on fridays and then we just kind of kind of keep going so uh a lo- lot going on at the site a lot going on on second city gridiron a lot going on in the podcast channel um, if you want a hundred dollar gift card to Portillo's reply to us on the, on Twitter, reply to us, you know, to re- reply to this video on second city, send Lester an email at two N D at gmail.com. Um, or make a comment on the website, on the article. We we'll, would we'll post an article for all of our, uh, our stuff as well. So just, just put it there so that we can count it up. I do a random. Lester sends me, uh, here's how many entries we have. I do a random number generator. I take a screenshot. I send it back. Super high tech stuff, but that's so that you know that neither one of us is trying to cook the books and pick who we want to win. So just it's, it's, it's on the up and up, but enter for your chance to win. Um, Portillo's, everybody needs a little more Portillo's in their life. So we will get out of here. We'll, uh, answer a few questions on the YouTube, but for the podcast, thanks for joining us, everybody. And until next week, bear down.